Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. You're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast in the Clay and Buck Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I am so glad you are joining me. Today, I'm really excited to be joined here by Adam Coleman. He is a former Democrat that speaks honestly and openly about how the politicized media lied to him for many years and kept him from truly understanding the conservative point of view. You've likely seen him out there speaking on a number of different topics, from fatherhood to victim mentality, and ultimately, he's working to change the narratives that are so deeply ingrained in our system and society. Before I bring Adam on with me, I want to first remind you about Consumer Tax Advocate. Many of you did the tough thing during COVID and you know who you are. You paid your people and pulled your businesses through the pandemic. And now doing that tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. It's not alone, and you don't have to pay it back. This program is complicated, but no one knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at covidtaxrelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all of the work, and they share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans even if you had an increase in sales because you did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let tax, let covidtaxrelief.org help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidtaxrelief.org. That's covidtaxrelief.org. One more time, covidtaxrelief.org. Now let's welcome Adam Coleman to the podcast. Adam is the founder of Wrong Speak Publishing and the author of Black Victim to Black Victor. In addition to a number of other thought-provoking columns across publications like the New York Post, Daily Mail, and more, Adam, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to chat with you. I went to your website and read a little bit of your, I guess, walking away story. And I have to tell you, your writing is just, it just draws me in. It is really, really impressive. So I'm so glad you agreed to join me today. Oh, no, it was my pleasure. And I'm glad you like my writing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, your story is fascinating because I think that as someone who ran for office, oftentimes you're, you're doing this and you're like, what am I, what am I saying wrong? How do I talk to people about caring for them and what I think that we can do for folks who may be on the other side of the aisle. And then you kind of go through this getting defined by one side or the other. And it just feels like a battle that you can't break through. Mm -hmm. I think it was interesting as I read your article, because you talked about political propaganda. And I think a lot of people in the United States think they're free of that, but you <laughs> kind of, you saw that that's, that's pretty strong here in the U S. Oh, very much so. Um, you know, it's, it becomes very easy to recognize propaganda once you realize you've been propagandized. Mm -hmm. And then for me, uh, you know, when we talked about walking away, I think it's very easy for people to, let's say, leave the left to go to the right. But for me, it was about leaving the left and thinking for myself mm -hmm. and going towards things that felt natural and felt, um, principled to who I am. And for many of those things, they may seem right-leaning. I mean, there's a political shift, but I'm really not trying to cater to any political side. Um, I, I criticize both sides uh, because I want both sides to get better because I think two healthy, um, two healthy political parties benefits the country in, in, in total. Uh, but there are certain things that uh, Democrats are doing that I think are evil or borderline evil. And... Mm -hmm. This wasn't the political party that I supported years ago. It, you know, like we didn't advocate for mutilating children. Like that is, mm. that's a hard line for me. I can't support any party that wants to do that. Or um, let's say not everybody within the party supports it, but I can't support any politician that would support it. I think it's interesting though, because you talk about that the media tends to amplify the few voices and not the majority of voices. And that seems like a topic that has gone that direction. And, and something else you say in your, the column that I read is that these parties get so married to an idea and extreme that we can get to the point where one party is just one side and the other party is just the other side. And it sort of feels like on that issue, Democrats have been forced into this. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure all of them want to agree, but now they're kind of trapped. Yes. Um, <laughs> both sides do this where one, one side might take a stance on something and the other side just has to oppose it just cause. And, uh, you know, it's idiocy on either side. Um, it, you should judge it based on its merits. Like, is this a good idea? Like, and for me, I'm very analytical. I have an IT background. And uh, I was just talking with someone the other day about this. I look at, does it work? Does it make sense? Not, uh, well, does this support my party? Does this support the people I like? You know, anything like that. Is this true? Does this support, uh, does this thing that we're supporting actually work? Does it benefit anybody? Like I'm looking at very objective matters. Um, and I don't think enough people actually think in this particular way. Uh, and that's why I hold on to the independent label is because as soon as you put a letter next to your name, you become married to that letter. Even if you try to push it away, people always bring it back to that letter that you once took hold of. So, you know, thankfully when I was a Democrat, I wasn't a public figure. I was just by myself. So I can talk about my walkaway story, but nobody knows me as Adam the Democrat who used to do X, Y, and Z. So I'm able to describe things in the past tense and, and most people allow me to kind of um, be who I am today and it works. 
You have an interesting background because you've lived in many different places. I am obviously from Michigan, and you were born in Detroit. I want to talk to you a little bit about the idea that conservatives and conservative policies are racist, because one of the things that we felt really, I feel really strongly about is allowing people to choose where they get their education, because we have a lot of situations where we have full communities that are stuck in schools that have a 5% reading proficiency rate. This is really robbing people of their opportunity. And I feel strongly that people should have the choice to go elsewhere. Just recently, one of the folks that worked with me on the campaign had some friends say, how could you support someone who believed that these black children should be have their education stolen from them. That, to me, is part of that propaganda, that the idea of having a choice in your education is a racist idea. But how do you, how do you talk to people about what the truth is there? Well, I, I like to talk about it from a very human standpoint. Imagine you're a child, and the only place that you can get an education from is obviously a failing place. You have no other choice. Does that seem fair to make that child go to somewhere that is inevitable for them to fail? Does it seem like a fair thing? Regardless of race, any any child, does that seem fair to put them in that situation um, where we can see that they have a a great potential, uh, a possibility to do something great in this world, but their education becomes that hurdle that maybe um, something they can't climb over because you're putting them in a toxic environment. Does that seem right? Does it seem fair? And for me, I just look at it from that perspective. If I know that, uh, you know, Detroit, uh, I don't know if this is still about the same, but I believe it was majority of adults within Detroit are illiterate. And, you know, when that's the outcome, you're like, well, is it working? And it clearly it's not because majority of adults should not be illiterate within a, a given city. So what works? Because clearly the status quo isn't working. And so what I started realizing is that it's not necessarily the people, um, the people who want the status quo. It's the people who are in power want the status quo. It's the people that get elected, who make big promises, but really all they want to do is just raise their profile, make more money, um, siphon money from taxpayers, you know, that kind of thing. I, I just see like a city like Detroit is filled with corruption. Um, I don't know if this is still the case, but at one point, the Department of Education was the number one employer in, in the city of Detroit. Like, that's a problem. Um, and to me, that tells me that everything is wrong in, in Detroit. It's all about uh, corruption. It's all about siphoning money from taxpayers. And everybody just wants a piece of it. So. Um, it's less, and especially for the Department of Education, it's less about the kids. It's all about the teachers' unions. It's about the politicians. It's about the contractors. It's about everybody else but the kids. The kids get, you know, 10, 20-year-old textbooks. What does everybody else get? Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I think something that people have to remember too is that when you can't read, you really can't do much. You can't get a job there. It's it's that is your opportunity that has been robbed and you don't get those years back. It, those years that you go K through 12, you don't get them back. And so if you don't learn to read as a child, it's a very challenging thing to do as an adult to try to learn to read. And so most people are end up in a situation that they're, they live in poverty. Really, if you can't read, you, your opportunity is very limited. But then we talk about the American dream. Obviously, this has been something that we've all grown up hearing about the American dream. And truly, to me, I think that the way a lot of these communities can build back up is through the American dream. And that's entrepreneurship. But if you cannot read, there is no way for you to get there. I mean, we're talking about you can't you can't work in a factory if you can't read. You know, we I come from the factory world. We I worked in a steel foundry for the majority of my career. But even the instructions that you have every day to do your job, you have to be able to read. So the American dream is something that is way beyond reach if you are robbing children of their education. And that's something that I think is 
you know, we we see these Democrats really supporting the idea of you, you have to stay in your public school. But I think it's really financially driven because they are getting a massive amount of money from the teachers union. And like you said, this happens on both sides. There is so much lobbying control right now in our election system that is telling people you have to go this way or that way or you won't have enough money to actually run against the other side. How do you think money plays into the minds of elected officials? <laughs> money is everything to elected officials. I mean, um, especially in certain positions, it's almost like they're always campaigning. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so I think money is, I understand this is just the system that it is. And so, yes, you need, you need money in order to run. Uh, I understand how expensive it is. I mean, you understand how expensive it is to, to campaign, Crazy. To, to do all these things. So money is essential. Uh, the problem is that the source of money, the loopholes to getting money, the dark money, um, the super PAC money, some of this stuff is pretty sketchy. Um, oh, yeah. I would even go as far as saying how often people have to run uh, is part of the problem. I think term limits, not having it in a lot of positions, that's an even bigger problem. Because uh, now you have people who have so much name recognition that someone new can't even run up against them. They have all the connections. We, you know about donor lists. You, you know, if you've been running for office for 10 years, you, you have a, a sharp donor list. Someone who's start, just starting doesn't have it. And guess what? You have the advantage and you're likely going to win. I mean, money is everything within politics. Um, and I think we should find some ways to curtail that to where it's not just about the money. Um, the problem is that if you have enough money, you can convince enough people to win. If you have mm -hmm. enough money, you can build your name recognition for the people who don't pay attention to politics 24 seven, um, because it becomes that person seems familiar or I did see that, that TV ad, right? And that's enough. That could be enough, um, to, you know, to push you over the edge. So I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever change that. Um, and so in the meantime, that means that for many conservatives, they need to go out and actually support the people that they want to support. That means that they have to get part of the game because right now the upper class are definitely involved in the game. The people who have a lot of money, they're part of the game. And, you know, I think small donations matter, but we just need more small donations. Yeah, that's a good point. If you want to see yourself have a better life in the United States of America, then do the research. I think what you are saying is think. I mean, that's exactly how we started this. You said, I'm not switching to the other side. I'm an independent. I want to be able to think. And that's something that I feel like we've stopped doing with the amount of information that is thrown on us on a daily basis. When you have your, your smartphone right there and you can look up, oh, look, I'm being fed all of this information. I And, and you're right. The advertisements are very powerful. That's where the political propaganda comes in because mm -hmm. they can pick they can and the money. These folks on both sides of the aisle, they can spend the money to find out, okay, what message do people want to hear? And if I push one message hard enough, they will look at nothing else. That's all they'll see. And they'll vote for that one issue. 
And that we've seen that happening across the country, whether it is marijuana, whether it's abortion, it will bring people out for that one issue. And then they don't, it's kind of like a big, bright, shiny object, and they're not seeing the rest of it. And our communities are really, really struggling with the rest of the politics. So how do you convince folks on both sides? Mm-hmm. Think outside the box. You know, if you're watching Fox News every day, watch CNN occasionally, see what the other side is thinking and vice versa. What I try to do is sometimes hold up a mirror um, and I try to hold people to their principles. So, for example, uh, if you complain about cancel culture, then you shouldn't engage in cancel culture either Hmm. because either cancel culture is bad or or it isn't. So is it good when you guys do it, but bad when they do it? So then you're not against cancel culture. You just don't like when the other side has an advantage. Right. So which you, you have to tell me, are you a principled person? Then act principled. And I try to be consistent with it. I'm not really a fan of cancel culture, either side. Um, I'm not really a fan of picking and choosing when to be moral and when not to be moral. Either this is immoral or it's, or it's not immoral. So if you're telling me it's immoral when the other side does it, then it's immoral when you do it. And I think we have to hold each other accountable. Um, I've said it before, if you care about something, you'll criticize it. And, you know, I am... And the independent, but I guess I am more right-leaning these days. And so I care about the right. I know a lot of good conservatives. I know a lot of good people who are conservatives. I know a lot of good conservatives who are Christian. And you have to lean on your values and your principles. And what I'm seeing is this, um, this avoidance of actually doing those things. Mm. I'm seeing people who are scared. I'm seeing people who are listening to the political propaganda, thinking that tomorrow is the end or thinking that we're one election Mm -hmm. from losing our country. But at the same time, they'll say this is the greatest nation in the world. So they think the greatest nation in the world is going to end in one election, which, by the way, I think a lot of the people that um, that are very active these days don't have a political reference like a a long-term political reference, because every election cycle, they say this is the last election cycle. I remember back to the George W. Bush days. We cannot reelect George W. Bush because he's the Antichrist, and that'll be the end of American society. (laughs) They just say it every every four years. They they push uh, something new. Um, It's the same stuff, and and I see people who don't have that political reference falling for it. So because they don't have that reference, they can't see the propaganda. They can't see the pattern of it happening. They think this is actually the last election. And and I'm trying to tell them that you're being played. You know, you yeah. have to start thinking for yourself. You have to start researching. But just because you're scared doesn't mean that you shouldn't be principled. Well, and on both sides, I mean, I, yeah. I agree with you that on, on both sides, it is the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and the sky hasn't fallen yet. But I do think that people need to be engaged. And if you are concerned, I like your idea of small dollar donations matter. Go mm-hmm. and, and do some research, even if it is not a candidate, even if it's a cause. There are organizations out there that fight for a cause. And if that's something important to you, then the right candidate will emerge from that cause. So I think that's something that people need to understand, too. There are different ways to get involved. You don't necessarily have to be for one person. There's something that you wrote that I want to talk to you about. Um, you talk about going to Turning Points America Fest. Mm-hmm. And I found it interesting because you said, you know, you went, you felt welcomed, you heard a lot of encouraging messages about the importance of family and small government. And it really wasn't this 
crazy rally, but it was, it had a lot of like family values to it. And then you said you went to Twitter and when they would show clips of the event, you would see the propaganda come in and say, this was a KKK rally. And you said, if America Fest was a KKK rally, then it was the lamest KKK rally ever. (laughs) Um, I found that fascinating because I mean, it really is true that I think a lot of these young people are afraid to even say that they are conservative. And this is a, you know, the Turning Point is a group that brings in people that are like in the range of 16 to, I'd say, 30. Mm-hmm. And and they, they're they in kind of a protected group when they're there, but they're sort of afraid to talk about it. And, and Turning Point has been, you know, attacked by the left as being radical but you didn't have that experience. Explain that to us. Yeah, that was my first one. I actually went again uh, the next year. Um, that experience was interesting to me. Uh, and that was actually one of the, one of many interesting experiences of actually being there and then reading the propaganda about being there. Um, but inside everybody was fine. Uh, it was my wife. My wife is black as well. And actually, I believe that was her first political like conference. She's not really a political person uh, like that, but we have similar values. And, you know, so we went there and everything was fine. Yes, there aren't a lot of black people who are there. That's the nature of things. But uh, as far as how we were treated, everything was fine. We had a lot of conversations with people. I knew many people who were there. I was invited to actually come. Uh, by somebody who worked with Turning Points. So, you know, it, it was something that was generally a good experience. Um, so much so that I, I felt comfortable coming the next year, actually as a vendor, to sell copies of my book and and meet more people, take pictures with people. Uh, some people knew who I was, some people didn't. So I think the <laughs> it was just a perfect example of the propaganda. Same thing with the Moms for Liberty Summit. It was just, my wife came to that as well. It was just a polar opposite. Outside, mm-hmm. you have these screaming, angry leftists who are calling us names, throwing stuff at the building, um, who are out there shouting. And inside, you have nothing but positive, <laughs> just positive moms. They're like just regular people, moms, who just want to yeah, do they're things. they're listed as a hate group now. They're listed I mean, as a hate group. Crazy. <laughs> I know, listed. I know. Yeah, they're listed had, as a you know, I had a similar situation during the campaign because... We, we have a large Muslim community in the state of Michigan. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because when you are, I'm, I was a first time candidate and the folks on my team are like, you know, you're not going to get that vote. So you don't need to go there. And that's just kind of the mindset when you are in the political world, like this bucket, you don't fit in. Mm -hmm. And then we were just South of there, the town where we have a strong Muslim population and five men came to our rally and they came up to me afterward. And he's one of the dads said to me, you know, it's funny because I was told by people in my community, you can't go to a Republican rally. They'll attack you. And he said, but I came in here and I heard everything I heard was exactly the way I want my America to look. Mm-hmm. And I'm really concerned about my kids in school. I'm concerned about this, this idea that you can mutilate kids, all of these things. And it was such an awakening moment for both of us. Like, why did we think that we couldn't sit down and have that conversation? How did we get here mm-hmm. as Americans that we felt like 
we would there would be violence if we came together. And it is I mean, even as somebody running for office, there was a propaganda out there that convinced us that we could not possibly have something in common. And yet we had almost everything in common outside of our faith. But our our values were the same. And so I I see this as, you know, you've talked about the violence in communities and the fact that we just allow this to happen. But so many people actually don't believe that's right. They don't believe that these things are right, but we have a problem coming together. Right. No, you're you're absolutely right. And actually more so to the point, and and this is something that a lot of uh, conservatives and Republicans don't like me saying this, you know, you can look up when was the last time a place like New Orleans, right? Louisiana is considered a red state. When was the last time New Orleans had a, a Republican mayor? Since the 1800s. So you cannot tell me that a place like New Orleans, it's a red state, that New Orleans just loves them some Democrats for over a mm-hmm. hundred years. You know, the same thing goes for Chicago. Chicago, I believe, is the early 1900s. Um, it just you go city after city after city across the country. And at some point, it's not about the people who are in there, but it's about the party that chose the withdrawal decades ago. And and I hear the same rhetoric about getting the black vote, right? Oh, well, we can't we can't get them. They're not going to vote for us anyway. They're not going to do this. And I'm like, don't yeah. go to Detroit. They won't even think about you. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> even true. go to Detroit. Right. And, and I'm just like, well, that's that's the mentality that led to where you're at now. Like. Yeah. And I try to break it down for people in a, in a very analytical way. 60% of black people live in 10 states. You can name those states by the cities that they live in. Mm. Most black people live in urban city centers. Where are the places that Republicans lose every single election cycle? They lose in urban city centers. There are no Republicans that run. I mean, virtually no Republicans that run. And, and quite literally, there are no Republicans to even face off against other Democrats that are there. So it's not they're not trying Right. There, there is no concerted effort to try. And then what ends up happening politically, because money comes into play, they don't want to spend money on something they know they're going to lose on. And they're not willing to look at the long term um, when it comes to it. So they say, let's spend our money in the places that we're more likely to win. But then you still negate you're not going to win those places. And to me, analytically speaking, it makes no sense when you have most of the population that lives in one place and you say, no, we're not going to go there. Like you can't chip away at that. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Every four years we look at a presidential election. We look Pennsylvania red and then they count Philadelphia and they count Pittsburgh and you lose. Every single you time. said something about that where you grow up is your impression of the United States of America. And if you grow up in an area like Detroit, where, I mean, the taxes are high, it is mm-hmm. very, the regulation is crazy. You could never start your own business. You need 200 grand to even start your own business. You need consultants. The, the city is crumbling, falling apart. Fathers are not in the home. If that is where you are growing up and that is your viewpoint of America, then what do you think about these politicians that are standing there with their family around them saying, this is America? Isn't that sort of like, no, that's not America. You live in a mm-hmm. fantasy. My America doesn't look like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't help that there there are there are people that have good ideas that can help but aren't trying. So it just seems like, like people ask, well, how come they don't vote Republican? I'm like, well, they don't mm-hmm. know any Republicans. 
Like quite literally. Yeah, you I, said you didn't know any Republicans. I, personally, I just didn't really know any Republicans. I probably met a few throughout my life, but I didn't really know any out Republicans. Republicans didn't come and knock on my door. Um, so, so I think that's the reality for so many people. Their only version of a, what a Republican is, is through a left wing filter while watching CNN. Or they'll show mm. the craziest clips on the Daily, uh, the Daily Show. Uh, you know, of Louis Gohmert saying something crazy for a second or taking him out of context or Marjorie Taylor Greene saying something off the wall, but they ignore everything else that she says. So, I mean, it's something it's something that I I don't think a lot of people on the right realize is that propaganda is real and propaganda strong. And there's no real world example to pull them away from that propaganda. I started having real world examples to, to measure up against what they're saying. And I'm like, wait a second, but that doesn't sound like the person that I know, right? So I'm able to use a real world example to confirm that this is a lie. And, and a lot of people don't have that. No, and I think that some of these folks that are running for office, they li- it's the same for them. Mm-hmm. Where they live looks a lot different than those areas. So if you have a Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, this is what my community wants, it is a lot different than what you see in the city of Detroit, in the city of Chicago. And so she's speaking to a small group because those are the people she needs to have vote for her. And that is sort of a an interesting system in the United States because then she becomes a face of the Republican Party because the left-wing media wants to say, oh, this is what every Republican thinks the United States is. No, she just is talking to her base, her Mm -hmm. supporters. And so we don't, you know, if you have a Republican that is not in that situation, it's different. And that's, that's been kind of an interesting situation with what we see about this whole indictment, impeachment, all of these things, because you've got the one side that's going after Donald Trump and the other side that's going after Joe Biden. And we are in this legal conundrum right now as to whether or not you should attack a former president for these things. But also, I even say, look at the situation with Joe Biden, because you've got a lot of people saying that he needs to be impeached immediately. But you, those are the people that are like the Marjorie Taylor Greens, who live in the, the area where they know they're going to win no matter what. There is that group of independents that just says, I just want to hear what you're going to do for me. I want Mm -hmm. the the attacks on the other side to stop. I just want to hear what you're going to do for me. And that message seems to be getting clouded. That message on how are we going to get home prices down? How are we going to get interest rates down? How are we going to improve national security? How is it going to be cheaper for me to go to the the gas station and the grocery store? But right now, those messages are getting clouded because each I think what you said at the beginning is so key. Each side is becoming so ingrained in what they have to do to defend their side. They're not talking about what they need to do to serve us. Everything you said, I completely agree with. (laughs) Um, There is there is too much um, of, of a polarization when it comes to our politics. And there's too much of certain people winning and everybody else losing. Um, in, in, for a loudmouth politician, they win because they get the microphone. Um, we have these upper class elitist journalists who get to frame what America is and say, no, these are the most important matters. You know, for me, I'm black. So the most important thing is racism, right? Rather than like, well, I care about economics, right? I care about job opportunities. I care about our border situation. Um, I care about human trafficking. I care about a whole bunch of different things. And, and actually, funny enough, I know a lot of other black people who care about these things as well. So 
um, oh, wait a minute, everybody cares about these things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <Actually>, so, <laughs> that sees no color. Right. And that sees no color. So that that's the part that I think um, there's a disconnect. I think there is a there's a class aspect to this that the loudest people tend to be the people who have the most access, most resources, um, and they negate everything that regular people actually care about. So that's why my voice as someone who's just a regular person who's been poor, middle class, I'm doing okay, I'm not living check to check anymore, um, finally having some sort of voice and contributing something to say that the people who are supposed to represent us aren't, and they don't speak to my concerns. And uh, mm -hmm. they're way too concerned about winning some election or getting some clout or making more money. And they don't care about the circumstances for regular Americans. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I remember years ago speaking to a man who had been in the civil rights movement with Martin Luther King, and I said to him, what are we doing wrong with the minority communities? How can we speak differently? And he said, why would you speak differently? We all believe the same thing. And I was like, man, I, I think that we just... We just feel like, again, it's that moment where the dad walks into my rally and goes, I thought I was going to be attacked, but I, I think the same as you. It's like that awakening. And it's really hard to cross that line. But you've been doing that with a, a new series you call Breaking Bread. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yes. Uh, it's it's a new project. Basically, the concept is, um, you know, for me, I used to travel a lot. Um, I, well, I still travel. Um, but one of the things I would do is solo travel and I'd meet people from different countries, uh, especially throughout Europe. 
And I would go back to places to meet up with certain people. And we would always sit down and have a meal and just talk. And I would talk American politics with them because everybody cares about American politics. Um, and, and it was just something that was relaxing. You know, conversations with Australians, Germans, uh, English people, uh, Spanish, you name it. And they would all have questions about American society, American culture, American politics. And it was always a, a very eye-opening thing because I got to hear their perspective on what they, how they saw things. And I just wanted to create something that was of a similar vein where we just sit down, we have a casual conversation, um, talking politics, talking culture, where it's not necessarily a, a podcasting style. It's all in person. And mm-hmm. we're having a meal. And I'm like, how's that food, by the way? You know, <laughs> you know, we're, we're just having a conversation like how it would with anybody else. Uh, it's not structured in a way like I know exactly what we're going to talk about other than introducing each other. But other than that, we, it can go either way. And it's, it's very comforting. It doesn't feel like an interview or anything like that. So, so where do you see it? It's on YouTube. Um, they, okay. can, they can go to uh, youtube.com slash at wrong underscore speak. Um, mm-hmm. you know, or they could search breaking bread. Um, and also I have it on my Substack, adambcoleman.substack.com. Awesome. Tell us about your book too. tell people where they can get your book, because honestly, again, I want to say just reading the one article that you have out there on your site that I read, mm-hmm. I was like, this is, there is something special about this man's writing. It really does draw you in. I think people will really enjoy your book. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, my book was actually the very first thing that I wrote. Um, I, I wanted to write something. I started writing it shortly after George Floyd. I wanted to write mm-hmm. something because it felt like no one was saying what I was saying and how I wanted to say it. Uh, there are people who I generally agree with, but they weren't saying in, in the way that I wanted it to be said. Um, so initially I wanted to write about race, but ultimately what the book is talking about the importance of family. So I talk a lot about my childhood growing up without my father, how it impacted me and to, to link it into, I think that is the greatest issue facing black Americans. And then mm-hmm. also linking into is the greatest issue facing all Americans. Uh, nearly a quarter of children grow up in separate homes um, from their, from their parents. Um, so family dysfunction is something that is underneath all the dysfunctional things that we're seeing in society. Um, and it's tearing us apart slowly, but surely. Um, and I wanted to use this uh, um, kind of like race as a Trojan horse. I do talk about race throughout the book, but underneath it is talking about morality. Underneath, I'm talking about family, the, the impact on fathers. Uh, I talk about feminism a little bit and how it's impacting a lot of children, including black children. But uh, for much of the things I'm talking about, uh, you know, childhood development, psychology, um, all these different aspects I'm, I'm tossing into one book. So it's not just one thing. It's not a grievance book. It's very much so um, going from being a black, a black victim, which is I'm talking about me personally, and I'm also talking about uh, a cultural aspect, to becoming a black victor, which I am today. So it, it's, very, it's a very, very personal book. Um, and I think uh, the people who've read it take a lot from it. Oh, I know. I honestly, I really do think it, it seems like just listening to you talk today, honestly, and, and reading this article, but also understanding what it was, what it was like running for office and all of the messages that you get from the surrounding people around you, like you can't speak to this person, you won't understand this. 
why aren't we trying? And I think for politicians out there, it's the best, the best thing you can do is read this book and try to understand what other people's lives are like that you have not experienced because you are very open and very detailed about that. And I just want to say, I appreciate you. I thank you for being on here today. And I encourage everyone to go out and get your book. Adam Coleman, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And thank you all for joining me on the Tudor Dixon podcast. As always, for this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.